Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So, Ryan, when I was 16, uh, I had this idea, which was uh, I thought I was going to train myself so I would sleep less. And so over a three to four week period, I went to bed at one o'clock in the morning and I woke up at six o'clock in the morning. And do you know what I learned from that experience? What did you learn from that experience, Colin? What I learned from that experience was that wasn't a good idea because I was absolutely shattered by the end of it. Um, <laughs> um, what I actually learned, and I've learned recently, is that I'm a morning person. Uh, mm. And if you want to give me a complex decision or something creative, I do it in the morning. Uh, don't give me something like that to do in the evening because I'm bloody useless. Um, I want to know what, what made you decide to do this at 16. That's kind of a bold move for a 16-year-old in terms of self-improvement. Were you just hoping for more hours in the day to play video games or read, listen to music? Like, What exactly did you need more time for as a 16-year-old? You, you you clearly don't know me very well, mate, because uh, at 16, there weren't such thing as video games. <laughs> I was trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play more pinball machines. Yeah, no, no, it was uh, just, I think I just wanted to party a bit longer. To be <laughs> totally <honest. laughs> okay, right, I can respect that. Uh... Yeah, it work, works easy, just like the video games. So, um, so uh, this is really interesting because when we we've we've done some stuff with a number of clients where we've started to talk about, you know, actually the time of day that you're interacting with a customer is really important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we when we run um, experiments, psychological experiments, that's actually one of the things that you need to be careful for as you're randomly assigning people to conditions. So a lot of times we'll, we'll have, uh, we have a computer lab and we'll bring people in and they'll sit at the computer and, and take surveys and participate in experiments. And if you're not careful and you, you do your randomization improperly such that consistently people in, in the afternoon are in one condition and people in the morning are in another condition, it can completely blow up your experiment for exactly this reason. People respond to things differently sometimes depending on the time of the day depending on uh, what else has been going on. So uh, I think today we're going to talk through a couple of the different factors that can vary throughout the day and, and can cause yeah. people to respond in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you go on and um, I'm going to throw in some examples as we as we go. Okay. You need to take a nap first, Colin? I'm going to just say, well, you know what it's like. It's the end of the day here and uh, and I'm just, and I've got everything confidence that everyone's going to enjoy what you're going to say tonight. I, I have a very soothing voice. I tell people <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, that was not insulting. I found that to be confidence building. All right. So um, the, one of the, the most useful, I think, theoretical perspectives on this um, is this notion of uh, resource depletion, cognitive depletion. So yeah. the idea is that you can, um, psychologists like to use a, a bunch of metaphors to describe these things. You can think of uh, your your mind and specifically the part of your brain, the part of your mind that deals with self-regulation, self-control. And think of that as being uh, an engine that consumes fuel. Right? So every time you exercise self-control, every time you restrain yourself from doing something that 
some part of you wants to do. And this is really broadly speaking. So sure. anytime you decide not to cheat on your diet by bypassing that cookie, anytime you constrain your emotions, so you don't blow up at somebody at work, all of these are acts of self-regulation. And the theory is, and there's, there's a lot of evidence to support this at this point, theory is that every act of self-regulation consumes some of this fuel um, yeah. and it replenishes over time. But in short periods of time, if we use too much of it, then we leave ourselves less able to self-regulate further. So tying this back to our, our example, you know, the, the longer your day goes on for most of us, uh, the more opportunities there are to self-regulate, to exercise self-control. And therefore, the, the greater the strain on our resource pool. Um, and so as the day goes on, it increases the likelihood that we're going to have failures of self-regulation. If you talk to somebody who diets frequently, uh, they'll tell you you're not often like going for the ice cream in the morning. Uh, sure. You know, it's it's at the end of a long day when you've just given too much and concentrated too hard at work and had an emotionally charged interaction with a child. That's when your your will, your self control breaks down, um, and then you end up cheating on your diet. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can I can certainly relate to that to say the least. So and and just because this is sort of the interpretation between um, uh, academia and business. So cognitive de depletion sounds very grand, but the way I just I always put it is I'm tired. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. yeah. so, gonna get a PhD that way, Colin. No, I know. I know. No, I certainly won't. I mean, it, well, it, the, the distinction I draw is it's more than just physical tiredness, although that yes. that can play into it. But you're right; it's it's a sort of mental fatigue, right? So you just you you're you're out of resources. You just don't have more to give them. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and therefore, where this ties in, and where we've used this is, uh, or where we've used this to understand things is, we've got one client who is in the home improvement. Uh, industry and obviously by definition they're going around and talking to customers at the end of the day mm -hmm. and that can be a challenge because clearly at the end of the day if you, you've then got somebody coming into your house and talking to you about your your product or service uh, and you know they've got to measure things and you know do various things uh, obviously the the people there then uh, talk with are tired or you know have cognitive depletion yeah. um, and some of that can then stem to uh, people making poor choices over things so we've had other clients which where we know that if they've sold to them at a certain period of the day you know in the evening or whatever they get lots of phone calls the next day going oh you know that order i put in last night i'm not really sure about it or did mm -hmm. i say this or did i say that um and, and therefore you've got to really think about that when you're designing your experience yeah Does absolutely i mean yeah i mean i think that um you know going back to this home improvement project uh, product company the nature of their sales process was such that they wanted to talk to um, all of the decision makers in the household at one time they knew from experience that that was um, beneficial uh, and then and that meant that you know kind of the only time of day that worked for most households was after a long day of work and to your point if you know that that's the way your sales process kind of has to work 
well, now you know something about the likely state of mind of your customers, and what are you going to do with that information? Um, If if this is a rather complex decision, and, and, you know, these home renovation projects kind of were, there were lots of options and and lots of financing choices to be made, um, you better anticipate that's going to be a, a difficult sales process often because people don't have the cognitive reserves to concentrate and make difficult decisions and trade-offs. So can you make the decision-making process, the evaluation process easier for them? You know, can you arrange it uh, in tiers such that it's not this book of 50 pages of options that they have to look through and make this, can instead you make it more of a, a tiered choice option, you know, where, you know, make this simple choice. Okay, well, that eliminates all these options for us. Make another simple choice. Right? Are there things we can do to help people out knowing that they're not going to have the capacity um, to make these kind of difficult choices? Yeah. The Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com. We have all suggested contacting the customer the the following day to Mm. confirm things or to yeah. go over things uh, because again the danger is is the cl- customer sitting there going oh, i'm not really sure about that did i make the right decision and blah 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 uh, but actually if, if you contact them then the next morning and go hey just phoning to confirm what we did and blah 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 you know then, then again that can um, that can help re- re- that can help reinforce things and the other thing i, I the other thing I, I want to raise with this here is that i mean what we've also discovered is that customers, different customers make um, make up rules. So, uh, again, I don't know how you would put this, but um, so uh, you know, I have a rule that I won't make a decision on a large sale, you know, uh, in one day or particularly at night or something like that. So if somebody's mm-hmm. coming around selling finance or whatever then because I know that I'm going to be tired and I'm not very good at making choices uh, in the evening, uh, I have a rule that says I don't make that choice. And, you know, if somebody tries to push me to make a choice, then I'll just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, what what heading would that come under? Is that, is that uh, you know, what heading would that come under? So, I mean, it sounds like you intuited or learned about these kind of self-regulation problems uh, over time. And so you created a rule to guard against that, to protect yourself from it. Um, you know, we wouldn't call that a rule. We would call that a um, an, an idiosyncratic, deliberative uh, heuristic because I have a PhD and that's what we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, you would call that a rule. Um, the, <laughs> and you would want to make it far more complicated than that. I just, I want to publish it. That's, that's what I want to do. I was just yeah. thinking that the reason I thought about all these things is because we didn't have video games to play with when I, I was <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> so I had to sit there and think about all this stuff. <laughs> Simplified yeah. it too much, Colin. Should you yeah. Like? Um, yeah. So, I mean, pe- people do respond. To, people aren't, aren't dumb. A lot of times when we talk about these, um, you know, all of these insights from psychology, a lot of times they're, they're surprising, but they're also appealing 
because they kind of confirm or help define something that we 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 tend to understand intuitively on some level. So you know, we've we've all been making decisions in our own lives for years or decades, um, and, and at some point we realize, oh, you know what? I I make bad decisions at night. I should yeah. not do that anymore. Um, those of us who are more self-aware might do that. And so, you know, uh, responding to that with, with a rule or with a heuristic um, is, is an absolutely reasonable thing to do. If, if you're selling in a situation like that, that, it would be really useful to know kind of what percentage of your customers tend to have rules like that. Are you getting shut down in the, your sales process because people know this is going to be a difficult decision and don't even want to engage because they have these rules? Um, that would be a good, important thing for you to know. Yeah. And I think that they there are other signs as well, aren't there, to, to tell if people are tired or have got cognitive depletion and stuff like that. I mean, just, you know, simple one, are they yawning? <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, uh, are they forgetful or are they saying things like, can you repeat that again, please? You know, yeah. sort of showing lack of concentration or whatever. Um, and and I think that, you know, you can even develop some questions to to see whether you know that's the um the right time or how you know, how tired they're gonna be and as i say it's not just physically tired but it's just mentally uh mentally tired as well but if you can't do something about it and you're only forced to you know do something when people are tired then the issue becomes um how do you reinforce that you know you know what 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 is it you can do can you do to recognize that's the case and maybe the following day do this or send them something or whatever that whatever that looks like i mean even you know even getting annoyed with people um or um you know forgetting things uh, i think uh, you know those for me are um again things that happen to me but i think they're pretty universal oh yeah absolutely I mean, well one one thing to understand about this um this theory this bit of research these uh, these reductions in the cognitive resource, it's not like when your engine runs out of gas and it's just you're you're out and your engine stops and it's uh, a lot of this is regulated by our own mind. So you can think of it almost as like there's a part of our brain that allocates a certain amount of resources to some of these projects, some of these decisions we need to make, and then when we're out of those resources, um, then, then things start to go wrong for us. But it's not like we, we just collapse onto the floor. So for decisions that we think are very important, for evaluations that are really meaningful or interesting to us, we'll find those resources. We'll, we'll, like, we'll pull them in and they'll, we'll be better able to cope with that stuff. But for stuff that doesn't seem important or that seems boring uh, or that if we're distracted, um, all of those types of situations will be ones where we have fewer resources to devote to it. Um, and so, yeah, if you see somebody yawning or kind of staring off in the distance, they're not applying resources to this situation, even if they have them. So even if you're catching them uh, at a time when they're not depleted in, in most senses, if they're bored or if they don't care what you're doing, or they're going to act as if they are depleted. They're not going to yeah. be applying the, the resources to this problem. And the thing that uh, um, when I first learned about all this type of stuff, the thing that sort of was a blinding flash of the bloody obvious, as they say, um, for me was this is the reason that people want things that are easy. Oh, so yeah. one, of, 
one of the big things in business is everybody wants something you know they want an experience that's easy uh, or intuitive yeah um yep. uh, and and this goes back to the title of uh, our book Ryan and I my book uh, on um the intuitive customer so how, how do you make things so easy that it's intuitive that they don't have to think about it and the reason that people don't want to think about it is because it takes up resources and going back to Ryan's point which I'll just reiterate you know 200 years ago I won't say food was scarce it certainly was scarce in some places uh, but it took a lot of effort to get food and therefore for things to be you know plentiful so you wanted to do things in the easiest way to um to keep all of your your resources and therefore human beings have developed over the centuries to look for something that's easy so they don't use those resources and that's really at the root cause of why customers go this wasn't easy uh, and even when you talk about things like the customer effort score you know that's uh, effort again is is built all around uh, all around the, the whole subject of wanting things easy uh, because of um, cognitive depletion or being tired or whatever yeah absolutely i mean it, it's a cost to us um and so on some biological level you know we're making that cost benefit trade-off analysis is it worth expending the cognitive resources on this particular thing and if we've just spent a lot of resources on um you know uh regulating our emotions or um, concentrating or something else, then it's going to seem less worthwhile to do it now. And we're going to have fewer of those resources to bear. And so um, we'll expect different outcomes. Uh, yeah. In those settings. Have, have we, have I talked to you about uh, emotional labor? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the term. I don't know if you and I have talked about it specifically. Okay. So let's make sure we're on the same page. There's this whole piece around, emotional labor i.e um particularly with employees if you're asking employees someone who is i don't know introverted and i'm going to put it in my um my business language somebody that's sort of introverted and you're putting them in an environment where they need to be extroverted um or you you know then they're getting complaints all day and they the people have got to be happy then actually that you know that falseness or, or having to act in a certain way again depletes you know makes people feel tired they get cognitive depletion um and you know there's this whole subject around emotional labor so where that then goes for me is that before i go on to that is that the same concept you're thinking of uh, yeah and uh, and it's been studied specifically with cognitive depletion um using this uh this idea of uh, emotion regulation which is essentially the same thing the idea yeah. that if you're feeling one emotion um but you have to present another emotion yeah. that's an act of self-control and it's depleting I, I i'll tell you really quickly um i i was on a paper where we, we were studying resource depletion um and one of our dependent variables one of the um the things that we did to measure resource depletion is we we gave them some activity that we thought would deplete their resources, and then we showed them a funny video. It was a, um, 
a clip from a stand-up comedy routine and we videotaped their face and their instructions were either to um you know you just show your emotions as you want to or keep a stone face do not show any emotion don't if you think it's funny don't laugh don't smile and um people that will both that will deplete people if they're forced to do it um and, and then you can also measure depletion that way so people were less able to restrain themselves if we give them a depleting task beforehand so yeah emotional right. labor absolutely will deplete you yeah so the issue for me is and again going you know from a business perspective means for me that if you is aligning the people that you recruit who are good at delivering the emotions that you want to de- deliver mm. Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to create a feeling of cared for or feeling of valued or whatever that may be, yeah, you need to recruit people who are naturally good at that. Otherwise, if you if you recruit people that aren't naturally good at those things and then get them to do it, it will be very difficult for them to do it, and they're likely to resist doing that um, after a period of time. So aligning the the strategy, you know, we want to make people feel cared for. Or now we're going to recruit people who are naturally good at that means that they need to spend the less amount of effort doing it. And therefore, they're going to be happier employees and so on and so forth. Does absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know we've got to wrap up soon, but I wanted to go back to one thing that you brought up early on, which is this idea of uh, people being um some people being morning people and other people being evening people and yeah. that can change your reaction. Um, the science backs that up there. There are people who respond to, who will claim who, who know that they are morning people and they will have more energy and more resources in the morning. Other people, I'm not a morning person, Colin. It's a good thing we're on different continents. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a disaster in the morning. Evenings is when I tend to, to get a lot yeah. of stuff done and, um, but I mean, they've they've physiologically tied that to core body temperature changes. So morning right, people well. tend to run a few degrees hotter in the the mornings and then cool off in the evenings. And evening people are different. Um, so yeah, that, that this is a real thing. And and to the All extent right. that you can, you know, try to accommodate that or anticipate that, that, that that's a harder thing to do for your customers. Uh, yeah. But just knowing that people respond differently at different points of the day, I think, is a useful thing. It does imply though what you should actually be doing is particularly if you're working in a call center on stuff like that you don't want to have a morning person working the late shift and vice versa right. yeah i mean it, to the extent that you can work around that um you know there, there is reason to believe that that's that can affect people's performance and their ability to do their job well and how many resources they have available yeah no i'm, I'm a morning person and lorraine my wife's an, an evening person we've worked out there's half an hour during the day when we're both good <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the secret to a successful marriage <laughs> absolutely we just make sure we're not together in that half that's an hour that's the main thing <laughs> anyway okay so um last part so what advice would we give people what 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 advice would you give somebody looking at uh, this whole area of how does time you know the time of day affect a customer experience or selling or whatever it may be I'd use this to as a jumping off point for a larger consideration about customer resources. So um, if you come at this from this idea of, you know, um, how are people going to react differently later in the day than earlier? That's a great starting point 
we're thinking about this. But time of day is just one of many things that can affect how many, yeah. uh, how much that uh, pool of resources is available to customers. Are they distracted? Are they tired? Are they in a heightened emotional state? All of these things will make people act more like they're depleted. So what can you do with that information? How can you build your customer experience to accommodate that, to allow people to, um, you know, make, be able to make easier choices, uh, uh, to anticipate kind of poorer emotional regulation from your customers and be able to cope with that, all those kinds of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I would re- reinforce all those things. I, I think the other part of this for me is that, you know, you need to consider this when you're designing your experience. So when you're yep. doing journey mappings uh, and stuff like that, you know, it's certainly things that we consider when we're designing the new experience, looking at those different customers. And we haven't talked about it much, um, but, you know, the segmenting them. Uh, thinking about how that applies, what you can do, and designing all those things into the the customer uh, experience. So, okay, um, well, I guess that's about it. So, uh, if you want to chat through anything on this further, then please just reach out to us um, by contacting us at uh, contact at beyondphilosophy dot com. That's contact at uh, beyondphilosophy dot uh, com. Um, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, everybody. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.